For the new year, I really want to make sure that sauning is a big part of my wellness routine, and that is where I'm thrilled to bring in Bond Charge. Bond Charge is a holistic wellness brand with a huge range of evidence-based products to optimize your life in every way. Founded on science and inspired by nature, all Bond Charge products adapt ancestral ways of living in our modern-day world. Their extensive range of premium wellness products help you sleep better, perform better, and have more energy, recover faster, balance hormones, reduce inflammation. The list really is endless. If you're interested, go to bondcharge.com manifest and use coupon code manifest to save 15%. That's B-O-N-C-H-A-R-G-E.com slash manifest and use coupon code manifest to save 15% off on your purchase. That's bondcharge.com slash manifest. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. So don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, then you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. So ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash manifest. Just go to indeed.com slash manifest right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash manifest. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to another episode of Manifest with Tori Simone. I'm your host, Tori Simone, and I'm starting this episode somewhere that I was like, you know what? It'd be really nice to record there. Now that I'm recording, I really want to get up and move back to my desk where I normally record. So I'm going to go do that. All right. That's so much better. I was recording in my bed when, okay, so I woke, it's 8 a.m. right now when I'm recording this. I woke up this morning at like, I'm not kidding, like 4.45, just like spring chicken woke up and I was like this weird. So I just like laid in bed trying to go back to sleep because I was going to wake up at like seven, but I just like really didn't go back to sleep. So I was like, all right, I'm thirsty, went downstairs to get water. And then I got back upstairs at like 5.30 and I was like, a bitch is up. So I'm up now and I've been up. Um, And I was doing a lot of work in my bed, like I brought my laptop in. And actually, I I had this exact same problem yesterday where I woke up really early and I got some of the best creative brainstorm thinking done I've had in a really long time. The problem is the window of creativity literally only lasted like an hour to an hour and a half. And then the same thing happened today, but I seriously got out some of the best ideas I've ever had, I swear to God, in my life in those like we early morning hours because typically I like wake up and like read a book and like force myself to go to like a workout, all this sort of stuff that I'm actually going to kind of like dive into today. But what I'm saying is I just woke up and like let my 
creative mind go. And it was amazing. Um, so now it's like eight. I'm just getting to my P's and Q's, my to-do list today. This is on one of them. I look forward to always recording my podcast. It's like my favorite thing of Thursdays. Um, and then I'm just going to the studio later today. And then I just have like auditions um, for Stride CIL today, which is so exciting. And then um, Lindsay's my best friend is making me and Katie Brennan, which is my other best friend, making the two of us um, dinner. She always makes us dinner every Thursday we go over. Last week it was tacos. The week before that it was steak and potatoes. This week it's fettuccine Alfredo. Um, to say I'm blessed is an understatement and I am so excited. Uh, she got brie as the appetizer. So like a baguette and brie, I think. I don't really know what she's going to do with it, but I could not be more excited. Life is going to be great today. So anyway, I was in my bed because I was like, you know what? It's kind of gloomy out today. I think the sun wants to come out, but it's not. It's gloomy. So I was like, okay, I'll just like make a latte. This is what, episode three in a row or four maybe? It's four, I think, with my latte next to me. I'm definitely making it my own. Today I put in hazelnut syrup, oat milk, and the nut pod French vanilla with tons of ice. Literally, you know me and my ice machine. I'm not going to talk about it again, but um, just need tons and tons of ice in this uh, in this coffee latte, if you will. Whatever. I mean, I use espresso, so I guess that would make it a latte. What is the definition of a latte? I'm going to look that up. What is a latte? What is a latte? The historic and easy latte recipe. I feel like Katie Blotty. Like, why do you pair wine and cheese? Um, latte is a coffee drink made with espresso and steamed milk. Okay. This is not a latte because I did not steam my milk. So what am I drinking? What is a, an espresso and not steamed milk called? Um, a latte, much like a cappuccino is a combination. Oh my God. Mo- mocha? No, that's chocolate. Um, Espresso with milk called, okay, a shot of espresso with a dollop of milk foam. Macchiato means mark as in the espresso and the dab. Okay, it just keeps talking about foamed milk. I'm not foaming my milk. I'm just pouring it in. Anyway, I'm having espresso with almond milk apparently. Anyway, that's not as fancy as a latte. Anyway, we don't need to go on this debate this morning. How's your Monday going, everyone? I hope it's going great. Um, we have a lot to talk about today because I want to talk about a book. I want to talk about a Netflix series and I want to talk about burnout and what it was like when I went through it because it was so not fun. And it's ironic because my last episode in the title literally says avoiding burnout, which I did not avoid it. Um, but I now know how, and we kind of touched on that last week in the episode, but I'm also going to like try and touch on it a little bit more in this episode. I have no idea how long or how short this episode is going to be. The actual topic itself, I don't think will be incredibly long, but last week's episode was an hour and a half. So hopefully that will make up for it. Okay. Let's, let's start talking. I have, I have some things to talk about. For the new year, I really want to make sure that sauning is a big part of my wellness routine, and that is where I'm thrilled to bring in Bond Charge. 
Bond Charge is a holistic wellness brand with a huge range of evidence-based products to optimize your life in every way. Founded on science and inspired by nature, all Bond Charge products adapt ancestral ways of living in our modern-day world. Their extensive range of premium wellness products help you sleep better, perform better, and have more energy, recover faster, balance hormones, reduce inflammation. The list really is endless. So from blue light glasses, starlight therapy, to EMF management, and circadian-friendly lighting, Bond Charge products help you naturally address the issues of our modern day way of life effortlessly with maximum impact. One of my favorite products from Bond Charge is their infrared sauna blanket. I loved saunaing and I have for a really long time, but the problem is I always have to go to the gym. And a lot of times I want a sauna at night when I'm cozy at home. I just don't want to leave. That's why using the infrared sauna blanket at home has been so amazing. This is a really great way to ease stress and unwind at the end of the day. It's also really good to detoxify and it promotes um, lower inflammation in the body, which is really, really huge. What's also really cool is that because this is a blanket, your head is out of it. So it's honestly, I find it's easier to stay in this longer. And because my head is out of it, I'm able to like read a little bit longer and my body still gets all the good benefits that I get while being in the sauna blanket. It's really easy to set up and it's also really easy to clean. It takes less than a minute to set up. It heats up really quickly and I can enjoy like a 30, 40 minute session in the sauna blanket while I'm relaxing, reading, watching TV, meditating. While if I'm in the sauna, I can really only stay in it for like 15 minutes because it gets so hot and uncomfortable, but because my head's out, I'm able to stay in it longer, but I still get all the benefits of it. I just feel so much more relaxed after my sessions. I just feel really, really good. And I just love ending my night with a sauna. Bond Charge ships worldwide in rapid time. They have free shipping on every sauna blanket. They also have easy returns and exchanges, and they have a 12-month warranty. If you're interested, go to bondcharge.com manifest and use coupon code manifest to save 15%. That's B-O-N-C-H-A-R-G-E dot com slash manifest and use coupon code manifest to save 15% off on your purchase. That's bondcharge.com manifest. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. So don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, then you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. So ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. What I love about Indeed is that whenever I'm looking for a candidate, I put it out on Indeed and instantly I get matched with exactly what I'm looking for. So I don't really have to waste time like scrolling through resumes or anything like that to make sure that they're what I'm looking for. Every resume that I do look for has exactly the qualifications that I need. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning your preferences. So the more that you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash manifest. Just go to Indeed.com slash manifest right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash manifest. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
The first thing I want to talk about is the book Verity by Colleen Hoover. If you guys listened to my episode last week, I talked about it with Danielle, how um, I got us each the book and I was like, okay, we're going to read this with our other friend Kylie. And I was like, okay, we're going to read this book. Everyone is saying that it's so good. So we're going to read it. And I also literally in the same breath was saying that like I haven't been reading as many books because I'm so out of like my routine of reading and I'm so out of just like, I don't know, like my morning routine, which we're also really going to dive deep into today. So anyway, same breath. I was like, we're going to read this book, but I also suck at reading these days. So I got this book on Friday. No. Yeah. Friday. And uh, I was busy over the weekend. So on Monday, I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to pick it up and read it. Even though I was in the middle of another book, I was like, I really want to read this book. I don't want to wait. So I picked it up on Monday and I finished it on Monday. I read it in one day. I've only ever done that with one other book and it's called The One Thing. I talk about it all the time. But Verity was such a good book. It definitely helps that the size is literally like 72 size font. It's a huge, it's huge font. Like if it was like a Jody. I can never say her last name. Potticula. I don't know. If it was one of her books, it would literally be like a 50 page book because her font is so small and they're so spaced together. I'm not kidding. It takes me like 10 minutes to read like two for pages. Um, This book you really do fly through and it's one of those books that it starts right away. Like there's no lollygagging. The the characters are introduced in such an organic way that you don't feel lost. Um, it just starts like right away. It's a really, really good book, draws you in immediately and you just don't want to put it down. That's why it was so easy for me to read it in literally one day. And I also worked on Monday too. So like I was reading it like in between breaks and like I made time to read it. It was, it was that good. So when I even posted that I got this book and I put out my story like, oh, I'm going to start this today. Everyone was like, you are going to love this. I can't wait to hear your ending. I've never gotten so many DMs about a book. So apparently it's a fan favorite. Um, There might be spoilers in this. I honestly kind of want to talk spoilers in this because I have a couple theories. So if you guys haven't read the book, maybe skip ahead. But all I'm going to say is I highly, highly recommend this book. And if you have read it, let's talk about it. So what, what do you guys think? Like, do you think she did it? Because I'm very easily persuaded when it comes to books like this like I always see both sides of a story so I can definitely like see her doing it and not doing it so as soon as I finished the book I was like oh my god they killed her and she didn't even she didn't even do it like I started to feel really really bad and then I slept and then I woke up the next morning obviously still thinking about it and I was like you know what I think she actually did do it I think like that manuscript was actually evil. Um, and I think that was her because I don't think someone as loving as Jeremy would kill his wife if she, if he is the way that Lowen and Verity just, am, am I saying her name right? Lowen. If Jeremy is the way Lowen and Verity describe him to be, he does not come across to me as someone that would not only kill his wife, but attempt to kill his wife in a car accident. I do see the point how Lowen was like, when she told Jeremy about the manuscript, he wasn't like, 
what is this, but rather where did you find this? That was definitely interesting. But also on the flip side, if that manuscript is really Verity's words and it's not an exercise, someone that's sick and twisted can absolutely write a letter to make themselves sound like a good person, to make themselves look innocent, and to make Lowen have this deep regret in her life and possibly even Jeremy's because, I mean, it was written to Jeremy, but she says like, whoever found, whoever finds us, if it's not Jeremy, it was made to have Jeremy live with regret for the rest of his life, which is very malicious, which makes me think that the manuscript is something real and that she is actually that malicious. Also, I don't get the whole faking the injury. Um, and like the literal, like being brain dead part of it. I definitely think the nurses were for sure in on it, especially when, um, the nurse April pulled Lawan aside and was like, she, like, you have to talk to her. Like she's here. And Lawan was like, I didn't know I was being offensive. Like I didn't know I was being rude, all that sort of stuff. They were definitely in on it. I didn't really understand the whole faking the injury thing though. In the letter, Obviously, Verity was like, I was scared of Jeremy, blah, blah, blah. But again, like if Jeremy really is as great as even the evil version of Verity says, he shouldn't be that scary. I was talking to Danielle about the book because she also finished it in like a day and a half. And she said a really good point. She was like, I watched so many crime shows to know that like there is absolutely no way that Jeremy could have been in the driver's side of the car. Verity on the passenger side, like taped up, couldn't explain anything, blah, 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 runs into the side of a tree. And then first off, he walks away scotch-free with the driver's side pretty much like not damaged, like really just on the passenger side damaged. Then to put Verity on the not damaged driver's side and blame all those injuries on the driver's side when clearly all the damage is under the passenger side. That doesn't make sense. So because of that, I think the manuscript was also real. Like I do think she was evil. I do think that she drowned Harper. And as like, as a mother, I mean, I'm not a mother, but I'm going to try and put myself in the headspace of one. I cannot imagine even writing the words of killing your own kid. Who does that? Like, who does that? Especially days after the death. Like, I guess everyone copes in a different way of death, but literally writing about it and also blaming Harper on for chastity. I think that's how you say chastity's death. There's just no mother in their right mind that would do something like that. So to me, it just feels completely crazy to think that she's actually sane. And it all really just comes back down to someone as evil and manipulative as Verity in the manuscript would absolutely write a letter like what she wrote to Jeremy and Lowen, knowing that it would fuck with them for the rest of their life. So my conclusion is that I think that she did it. My mom was like, I want to read it after you. And literally when I was reading about the choking and the killing of Harper, I was like, mom, like, I don't know if you can read this. Also, it's like pretty spicy. Like it's very sexual. And then in the letter, she's like, do you think I really like sex that much? Like, come on. Um, 
So I don't know if their sex life like was as good as they say it was, but Lowen and Jeremy had literally the exact same experience that Lowen wrote about in the manuscript. So, or that Verity wrote about in the manuscript. So that can only mean one thing. I don't know. I think that she did it. I would love to hear your theories about it. DM me, put it in the Facebook group. That'd be awesome. I'd love to hear about it. So anyway, I loved the book. Colleen Hoover killed it. And I'd love to hear what you guys said. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. I also want to talk about Night Stalker, which is a show on Netflix. Um, if you guys haven't watched it, um, I don't know if I'm going to recommend it. <laughs> okay, so here's why. I really, I think I enjoyed it. I was really scared of it as soon as the series ended. Even though he died, I was still really scared of it because like, history repeats itself and his killings were so vile and so gruesome and so random. I think that's what's scary. It was scary how random they were. Like typically every serial killer has some sort of pattern. He had literally, his pattern was to kill. And that was what was scary. Like he would do child molestations and rapes and murders and every sense of the way possible and it would be anyone like he didn't care women men kids teenagers young adults old people and that's what really got me was when he would kill old people because like I would just think of like my parents or my grandma and I don't know why but the killing of an old person really kills me so much more than like the killing of someone that's younger obviously it's all horrible but like when you're that old I don't know I just feel like you're like immune to like being murdered but apparently not um and it just absolutely kills me like to rape and kill an old person I can't I can't even I don't even oh my god that's it's disgusting it's so disgusting to to do that to any person is disgusting but like I don't know why it really affects me more when they're old um he was just so vile and so awful and so disgusting that as soon as the series ended, like I remember like throughout the whole series, like I felt sick. Like I was like, it, I literally felt like how Lowen felt when she was reading the manuscript. Like I felt sick throughout the whole series, like sick to my stomach, so uneasy. 
just disgusted by the guy. Like he was just so awful and so disgusting. I had like literally the worst dreams after I had like a really bad dream where like the night stalker was alive and like he was coming to kill me and I knew that he was coming to kill me. And the person that I was with in the dream was like, no, 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 like we can't leave. Like we just have to let him come to us and we'll fight him off. And I was like, oh my God, no way. And then the night stalker like texted us and was like, you're going to need like cop cars there. You're going to need an ambulance there. It's going to be a bloodbath. And I was like, oh my God, I was terrified. Like he is so scary and just so terrifying. Um, if you're into serial killers, murder documentaries, it was a really good one. The cinematography was great. They must have had a great budget. Um, I really like the two detectives that they that really like guide you through the case. Um, they were really great. I thought it was a great series, very well done. But the actual Night Stalker himself, like Richard Ramirez, is a sick fuck. And Oh my God. It was just disgusting to read about. Then yesterday I was watching or to watch, I was watching an episode of Frenemies yesterday and Trisha and Ethan were talking about the Night Stalker in like a hotel. And Ethan was like, no, you're thinking of the wrong guy. And Trisha was like, no, like, yes, I, it's the right guy. Like Richard Ramirez, blah, blah, blah. Then they said something about American Horror Story. So I was like, wait, what? So I didn't watch the whole season of American Horror Story Hotel because honestly, like American Horror Story, I always try to get into it, but it's so gruesome to me that I just can't ever finish it. Like it's so gruesome. So I can't ever finish them. Um, But I tried. Didn't get through Hotel. I liked it. Lady Gaga was in it. I thought it was cool, but I I didn't really like... Well, I liked it. I couldn't finish it. Anyway, so apparently they had a Richard Ramirez character in that season which is cool. Um, it's only cool because now I watch the documentary. It's not cool that there's like a serial killer, but apparently he killed someone like in the hotel that is based off of, which is absolutely insane. And I wish they talked about that in the documentary because not only is this guy killing people that live in LA, he's killing people that are visiting LA. Like he's literally getting into hotels. Like I want to know more about that. I wish they talked about that in the doc, but I, I guess it wasn't traced officially back to him. It was just like a speculation or something. I don't know. Don't quote me on it because I didn't look anything up. But then apparently American Horror Story came out with um, a season called 1984 and it it supposedly is about Night Stalker. Am I right? Am I wrong? Let me know. I again didn't do any research. I went to go put it on last night and as soon as I started I was like no I can't. I can't do this. So I didn't watch it. Um, because I just know how gruesome it's going to be. And I just, I, I want to watch it. I really do, but I don't know if I can. So I'm going to try again today. I'll try and like broad daylight. That helps a lot. So I'm going to try in like the middle of the day and like, we'll see how that goes. But I just think that's interesting. Um, he's sick, but it's interesting that like, he's such a famous killer that he's in a show like American Horror Story. Makes sense though, because AHAs is super twisted and sick. So it makes sense. And he has like that whole like sa- satanic side of him, which would make a good character for the show. Um, I don't know. He was just a crazy, crazy guy. Um, yeah, I don't know. To me, he definitely had like good bone structure, but I don't think he was attractive whatsoever. Like he was just ugh, disgusting, disgusting. And I don't know how girls like looked past that. I mean, I guess whatever you're into, you're into, but... It's not like a, like he would kill you. You know what I mean? I don't know. Apparently he smelled bad. 
I want to see more pictures of his teeth. I try to look online. I can't see any, but it smelled like a goat, they said. Can you? I can't even imagine what that smells like. Anyway, okay. Now we're done chit-chatting. Thanks for listening to me talk. Let's talk about burnout and what it was like when I went through it because it was no fun. Let me tell you that. Okay, let's get started. What's up, everyone? It's Tana Mojo, and we're still canceled. Our podcast, Canceled with Tana Mojo, is back, and my favorite clean girl, Brooke Schofield, is by my side. We've grown up ever so slightly since our last episodes, and we're so excited to dive back into what's going on in our personal lives, gossip about pop culture, talk about lessons we continue to learn, and bridges we continue to burn. It's going to be wild, hilarious, and probably a little bit messy. So pause whatever show you're listening to right now and go follow Canceled with Tana Mojo on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, or wherever you like to get your podcasts so you don't miss out on your weekly dose of chaos as we laugh at each other, laugh at our own lives, and maybe even give you a little advice along the way. Woohoo! So let's talk about it. Um, burnout. It's not fun to talk about, um, especially because I think a lot of people think that it wouldn't happen to someone like me, but I just want you guys to know that like I'm so normal, <laughs> like it's crazy how normal I am, um, and it really happened to me, and it sucked. It really, really sucked, so it started... Um. I started to feel like traces of, well, actually, let me start off by saying this. Emma Chamberlain on her podcast, Anything Goes, which shout out, great podcast. She talked about it in her episode called Life Burnout. And when she was talking about it, I literally was like, yep, yep, yep. That was me to a T. Like could not have been more, more me. Like it's like she was in my mind saying everything that I was going through. So I was like, all right, clearly this affects more people than we talk about. So I'm going to talk about it too. And uh, like I'm out of it right now, but I want you guys to know that like I went through it and this is what I went through. So it started in, um, I want to say October and it started showing up in the form of guilt. So I would wake up and I would just be exhausted but I would like force myself to kind of go through the motions of get up, read a book, go to the gym, go for a walk, do something, come home, eat a good breakfast, start your work day, work, 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 work. And you can't stop until it's like the hours of like 7 p.m. because that's when it's acceptable to stop working. And if I would take a break, go out to get lunch with somebody, if I would like read a book in the middle of the day, if I'd watch a TV show in the middle of the day, if I slept in past seven in the morning, I would feel these extreme spells of guilt. And it was so bad and so awful because I it made me not want to do anything. Like I would call my mom sobbing. Like I feel so guilty not working right now. I feel so guilty being on the phone with you. I feel so guilty sleeping. It was just all these spells of guilt. And that's kind of like what started my burnout. That was my first indication of like, 
okay, like you're exhausted. You need some time alone. But here's the weird thing. I felt guilty taking time off because we just got through a quarantine. Like that was supposed to be time off. Like that was three months of the studio being closed, of work kind of just being put on this weird pause that we didn't know when it would come back. We didn't know what we were able to do. Like I just came out of quarantine. I shouldn't be feeling burnt out. So I felt guilty for feeling guilty. And I just felt like what I was feeling was wrong and invalid and that I just had to like push through it. So that lasted for about two months. I talked to my therapist about it and I was like, I just, I'm feeling really guilty. And that's when she was on this whole, like, you need self-care. That's when I got the self-care planner that I talked about. You guys can get on Amazon. I get a lot of questions about it. It's literally just called the self-care planner. And, um, so I really started incorporating self-care into my daily routine, waking up at a time that I wouldn't feel guilty sleeping in, but when I was getting enough sleep, I would go work out during the time of my day and I would tell myself during these workouts, this is making me a better boss, so it's okay to do this sort of stuff. Like Just justifying all of my actions, which started to help and I was feeling really good. Um, there was about three weeks in November and December that I was like, okay, I'm feeling really good. I'm in a really good routine. I'm no longer feeling guilty. I'm taking it a lot lighter on work because honestly, there's not a ton of work to be done. I'm enjoying the holidays and I'm excited for the new year and I feel really good. Then on December 10th, um, the governor of Pennsylvania announced a second shutdown for gyms. This second shutdown was completely devastating because um, malls weren't closed. So it was the holiday season, which is our busiest time at the studio. And we had to close. Um, but the mall, I live near King of Prussia Mall, which is, I think, the the biggest shopping mall in America and the second biggest like square footage mall. Mall of America has like a roller coaster. It's like big, but I think King of Prussia has like the most shops. Anyway, what I'm getting at, the largest mall in the country could stay open. Grocery stores would be flocked with people. Bars were closed. So that just meant everyone was going to throw house parties for the holidays and for the new year. Everything was open except restaurants and gyms. Everything. It, if anything, was like pushing people into a crowd of more people is what it felt like. So having the shutdown the second time was devastating because we were already shut down for three months. I think we were shut down for 105 days, 108, something like that, it, already in 2020. And then we have to open up with half capacity. Then there's these new mandates that literally just get thrown into effect and that we have to immediately follow, regardless of how it personally affects our small business that is now literally being run by the governor. And then on top of it, they shut us down again during the busiest time of our, the year with zero financial help. 
they it's literally close or you get fined every day. And every day that you get a fine, it's either a fine or a 30-day incarceration. And every single day is a new offense. So if we chose to like go against the mandate orders and stay open. And let's say the shutdown was like 21 days. That's 21 new offenses. So it's 21 fines or 21 times three. What's that? 700. Let's just say 700, 700 days in jail. That's the, that's literally what it means. So as soon as the second shutdown hit, I was defeated. It was literally like being kicked in the fucking jaw after you just completely shattered your jaw. I don't know how to explain it. It was like pouring a dump truck of salt onto a wound. It was awful. It was so awful. Um, and I don't want to like get sympathy, but it, it fucking sucked. And it's been really hard in 2020 to own a small business, especially a gym like it's been really hard and we just are mandated to shut down with zero financial help. The governor's not giving us money for shutting down. No way. They literally are just like, good luck, shut down, but good luck. Look, I'm the first person to completely acknowledge that this virus is real, but I'm also the first to say that there has to be some other way other than just shutting down some of the businesses. If everyone were to shut down, I don't know if I would have reacted the same way. But because it was literally just restaurants and gyms, I was so defeated, completely defeated. So we shut down on December 12th. We reopened on January 9th. In that time, I'll say until January 4th, from that time, I was just not myself. I was so sad. Um, I don't know if it was like depression, but I didn't want to do anything, anything. And there were days where I did nothing. I remember a couple of days just literally like laying in bed, not doing a single thing, just on my phone all day, sleeping all day. And it was weird because I didn't feel guilty. I didn't feel sad. I didn't feel happy. I didn't feel depressed. I didn't feel motivated. I didn't feel tired. I was just, I was literally just existing and I was exhausted. The thought of doing anything was exhausting. The thought of helping myself was exhausting. The thought of eating was exhausting. And you guys know me, like you guys know how I, how I am, like how I struggle with food. I wasn't eating. Like I, the thought of walking downstairs and getting food was exhausting. The thought of door dashing food was exhausting. I couldn't even fathom the idea of putting on like clothes, going to the grocery store and coming home and making food. That was too much. The thought of going to my parents' house to eat was exhausting. I wasn't even hungry. Like the thought of like chewing and like digesting food was exhausting to me. The only thing I wanted to do was nothing. And I didn't even want to do that. That felt exhausting. I wasn't like suicidal or anything. Please don't think that I was. I wasn't. But all I'm saying is like, it was just this spell of nothing. And there wasn't like 
anything that I could do to help myself. There were some work things that I had to do and I I did them. I got them done, but there was no desire to do them. There was no passion behind it. There was no want to be doing it. I was just literally existing. I remember there was a snowstorm on like the third day that we were shut down. And I was honestly thankful for it because we would have had to close that day anyway for the snow. So I was like, okay, if you know, at, at least there's snow during this. So there was a snowstorm. And I remember just, I had no friends over. I was so alone for it. And that's how I wanted it to be because the thought of like talking to anyone was exhausting. So I was like alone and it was like 5 p.m. And I got really bored. So I texted my parents and I was like, um, can I walk over? And my dad was like, yeah, I'll meet you halfway. Because we have my dad, my parents' house and I have, there's like this hill in between us. And um, my, there's no way my car would have gotten up this hill with all the snow. So we walked. Um, that's how close my parents and I live. I could walk to their house. So I walked over. I got there. And as soon as I got there, I was like, I don't want to do anything. So I just went upstairs into, into bed and laid on my phone doing nothing. I woke up the next day doing nothing. I just remember sitting downstairs at their kitchen table, staring into nothing, doing nothing, wanting to do nothing. And my mom was like, do you want anything to eat? And I was like, no, like I don't want anything. It was, I've never felt so burnt out and so defeated and so unmotivated to feel like myself again. Luckily, the same day, um, I had a therapy appointment and it's telehealth. So I was on the phone with my therapist and I mean, I wanted to cancel it. Like that's how much I was like, I don't even want to talk. Like I just, I want to do nothing, but I didn't. And I talked to my therapist and I was like, I just, I explained everything that I just said to you guys. I was like, I feel nothing and I don't want to do anything. The thought of anything is absolutely exhausting. I'm not sad. I'm not depressed. I'm not happy. I'm not, I'm just nothing. And that's just how I feel. And she was like, Tori, it's totally okay to feel this way. Like you first started showing these symptoms with guilt and you would then explain yourself to like co-owner, manager, any employees like, Hey, like, I don't know why I'm just feeling this certain way. Like I'm feeling guilty when I don't do things, just be on the lookout for it. Then you started to like get better in that sense. And now here you are being kicked in the face and now you just feel nothing and that's okay to feel completely burnt out. And then she was like, just know that when emotions do come back, I don't know how they're going to show themselves. They could show themselves in the face of sadness. They could show themselves in the face of happiness. She gave me like a mood chart. And she was like, when you feel a certain emotion, try and attach it to one of these other feelings. So like if you're feeling sad, there's like a list of other things that you could feel like angry or um, sympathetic, like stuff like that. So eventually after she told me that I was just like, okay. And you know, I kind of just ran with that and I was like, okay, like it's okay to feel like this. So once she validated my feeling of complete exhaustion, um, I just kind of ran with it and I was like, all right, like I'm allowed to feel like this and it's okay to feel like this. So the next couple of days I completely took to myself. I would lay in bed all day and I'd be like, you know what? It's okay. It's totally okay to feel like this. And I was accepting it. 
And I knew that once the studio opened, I'd honestly probably feel okay once again. Once, you know, there was a light at the end of the tunnel, I would feel okay again. And that's exactly what happened. Um, Christmas came around. We did nothing on Christmas Day, which was awesome. And the day after Christmas, I started to feel better. I wanted to go to the mall, which was open. (laughs) I wanted to... um, go to like eat out at dinner, which was open if the outside was inside. (laughs) Um, so I just started to just like slowly get myself back. I was eating like two meals a day at this point, just like slowly start to eating, went on like small little walks and just like slowly start, started to feel better by new year's. I pretty much felt like 80% back to normal, still tired, still pretty exhausted at the thought of a lot of things, but I was lenient with myself and I was like, okay, like I'm going to just be easy on myself and like take it easy and realize that while this sucks, like I might never get like a vacation like this again. Like if I'm gonna, if I'm going to be forced not to work, I may as well just like take the actual time off and like take this vacation. It's the holidays. Like I'm allowed to take some time off and the studio's closed. Like I may as well just like sink into it and honestly enjoy it. Like make lemonade out of lemons. You know what I mean? So that kind of turned into my mentality. Eventually the studio opened back up and right now it's about three weeks out from the studio opening back up and I'm completely back to myself. Um, I still, I'm easy on myself in the sense that like, I know that that burnout and exhaustion can happen, but I now know the signs of like, okay, it's going to begin with these symptoms. And then this is how I can like combat that so that this doesn't happen. But the way that I'm easier on myself is the first thing that I prioritize is sleep. If I'm not getting enough sleep, that's immediately going to lead to exhaustion. And I don't want to be completely exhausted. I want to be refreshed and recharged. So I'm going to let myself sleep in. I've let myself sleep into like eight, which has been awesome a couple of days. And I'm loving it. Another thing is that I'm not going to force myself to go to a workout if it's going to stress me out more than it's going to help me. If I'm waking up, like I said this morning, feeling really creative, I'm just going to act on that and run with that. If I wake up and I want to read a book for a whole day like I did on Monday, I'm going to let myself do that. It's being more lenient with myself and accepting that like I am my own boss and I can make my own hours. And that's like the benefit of the life that I chose. And I should start enjoying that rather than feeling obligated to be reactive to other people's day. I should be in charge of my own. So that's been something else that I've really recognized. Um, Really just what I want to say is that If you ever feel like you're going through life burnout or this severe period of exhaustion, it will pass. But sometimes the best thing to do, I realized, was just lean into it and surrender to the feeling. I had to feel it. I had to go through it. And I came out just fine on the other side, if not better, because now I'm really kind to myself. I'm very lenient with my time. I'm not so militant on my day and I'm really enjoying my life. I have a great work-life balance. Um, I love my relationship with my life and with my work and with the studio and with the podcast and 
with my self-care, I really have started to put myself first. I've started to be more open about my feelings and letting people in on, hey, this is how I'm feeling. If I'm acting a certain way, it's because of this. And I think that's been helping all the friendships in my life and relationships in my life. And just know that even if you're going through it now, like you will come out of it. So it sucks when you're in the thick of it, but lean into it and feel it because I had to go through that to come out a better person on the other side. And I'm really grateful that I went through it. And if anything, I just want this episode to let you guys know that you're not alone and we all go through it. And just because you have like this insane work schedule doesn't mean that you won't have it too one day. Or maybe it'll last a couple of weeks. Like mine lasted probably like 12 days where it was really bad. And when I say bad, just meaning like complete exhaustion. Like I didn't want to do anything. Um, But I felt better after it. And I'm grateful for it. So that was kind of a short episode. But kind of just all I had to say about the topic. Because um, I think it's important. And just know that you're not alone. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you guys have any tips on this as well, please leave it in the Facebook group. I'd love to read your tips on it. Um, and yeah, just know that I love you guys and it won't last forever. And you're stronger than these spells of exhaustion. And you always come back stronger on the other side. So I love you guys. I hope you have the absolute best Monday of your life because you deserve to have the best day of your life. And um, I'm really excited for next week. And just you know, leave this podcast with happy, radiant, positive thoughts and know that you got this. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.